Paso a Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso a Paso Podcast, based here in Taos, New Mexico, but uh, including interviews with and topics that are universal to early childhood. Uh, today we have another wonderful new guest who we have not heard from before, and uh, Mr. Michael Barlow, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, Miles. My name is Dr. Michael Barlow, and I am new to Taos. Um, we moved here in May over the course of the month, um, having just spent three years in Denver, Colorado. Uh, and prior to that, spent about 28 years in St. Louis, Missouri, where I had a public school career I retired in June of 2015, and then I worked at a small Catholic university in St. Louis called Fontbonne University for three years, and then accepted a position at the University of Colorado, Denver as a clinical assistant professor in early childhood and early childhood special education within the School of Education and Human Development there. Lived in Denver for three years, and then we decided we wanted to slow down a little bit and have perhaps a more peaceful existence. So um, we had visited Taos on a few occasions and really liked it here. So we purchased a home here, not too far from the airport, and moved, like I said, over the course of May and are loving it here. Wow. Well, that's great to hear. And thanks for all the context. Um, welcome. And uh, thanks Thank so much you. also uh, for, for reaching out. Um, I believe I first um, uh, was introduced to you and being in the area through you reaching out, I think, through the Paso uh, website. Um, and uh, we're excited to have you involved and have since added you to our email list when those uh, invitations for future meetings go out. Um, and you, in response, uh, shared with me some of the work that you focus on, which is uh, related to early childhood. And um, some parts of it were, were familiar to me and others were new. Um, would, it, would it be a good idea for us to next kind of discuss that article you shared with me and that, so, that aspect of the work that you're involved in? Sure. Let me just um, perhaps give a little bit of context about what my work involved in the public school realm. Um, I began my career, I think, in 1988 as a speech language pathologist, having uh, completed my master's degree at Illinois State University. So I then uh, joined a public school system in Illinois and provided speech language therapy services for pre-K through fifth grade. I then went to Orlando, Florida for one year working in the same context and then landed in the greater St. Louis, Missouri area where I continued to provide therapy services for communication disorders um, for four years. And then I moved into assessment um, and assessment in early childhood education, specifically early childhood special education, before moving into administrative positions. And finally, when I retired, was the director of early childhood education for a large suburban school district called the Rockwood School District in St. Louis County, Missouri. So my interest has always been in the area 
of special education and providing services for a wide variety of children who come to us with a wide variety of attributes and also really connecting with their families uh, in the public school arena. So when I came to the University of Colorado, Denver, my interest, I have a few areas of interest in the field of early childhood education, one of them being how can we connect with and bring individuals into higher education who may have faced a variety of barriers in accessing higher education. And so the grant that we received in Colorado through uh, a consortium um, called Early Milestones is a grant where we are focusing on taking higher ed to individuals who are currently working and serving children and families within the context of early learning environments. We go to them and we have really literally turned higher ed upside down and uh, kind of flipped it, whereby we take our courses to them instead of them having to come to the university. Of course, in the context of COVID, we're now in our second year of this grant, but the first year and this year, of course, are in the context of COVID. So all of the work that we have done has been virtual. Mm. But the, the, the idea of this grant was really begun by our um, former dean, Rebecca Cantor, who passed away in the spring. Um, so we really dedicate our work to her, but her vision was removing barriers to higher education. And so we have about 23 student educators in the grant this year, and they are taking college courses, but instead of coming to campus or accessing them in a more traditional format, we meet with them on a, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, we take a look at the competencies that are addressed in the courses that they are taking, they are undergraduate students, we turn those competencies into inquiries. And then together with a coach who works at their location, we, and, and mostly led by the student, develop the content for the course that they would like to explore through the inquiries that we have developed. Many of these individuals have worked 10, 15, some 20 years in the field and have never had the opportunity to access higher ed and complete a bachelor's degree. And so by removing some of the barriers that they have faced, we are able to take education to them. Yeah. So, so that is the work of that grant that I work on. Um, I also work on a second grant through the university, and that grant involves how we can increase the content of certain community college courses so that content on children with a wide variety of attributes some may call children who are accessing special education services, but I would like to think of it more broadly. 
um, because we have obviously and are serving a lot of children and families who may not fall within the context of what special education is described and determined, but still come to us with a wide variety of development and attributes. And so how can we increase content for individuals who are taking courses at the community college level that focuses on working with all, capital A, capital L, capital L, children and families and making sure that we are providing services and opportunities and early learning environments that really focus on the attributes of the child. Those are two incredible areas to focus on, and it's uh, both wonderful that you uh, are doing so and can see them so clearly, and also that you have funding to pursue those topics in that way. Yes, smiles, and funding is the key word, right? Because, well, in the grant where we are um, focusing on individuals obtaining a bachelor's degree, funding is the number one barrier. Um, that individuals run up against. So when we have a system, uh, early childhood ed, that um, can barely pay a living wage for individuals, they don't have extra money to pay tuition. And so in that grant-funded project, we do pay their full tuition for them. That is a huge relief. And we're knocking down a big barrier Yet, as we look forward, we will always have to continue to find a funding source for these individuals in order for them to continue to access their education. There are other barriers, I won't say smaller, but there are other barriers, of course, that get in the way of someone accessing traditional higher ed, and and we're knocking some of those down as well. Hmm. So, um, building upon that locally, um, I was not, you know, super directly involved in the work, but it, I am familiar with a um, related, similar initiative um, taken on by UNM Taos here um, and uh, Taylor Echemendi from uh, Inspire, one of our early childhood centers. And what I recall hearing from her experience, and of course, I'm sure the structure of the program and initiative was different. Um, and I could be incorrect about this, but my experience uh, in, in recollection was that finding not only the, um, I, I want to say the right, but really what I mean is, I guess, enough staff um, who are essentially the instructors to be on site with the early childhood educators uh, with their, you know, who already have, as you mentioned, a wide variety of experiences um, to provide that one-on-one support and also in all of the various settings that they were seeking to um, institute, uh, install those uh, educational opportunities, if you will, um, was, was a challenge. And I don't know if that was a funding thing or otherwise, but um, I guess I'd, I was curious with your experience in those programs, obviously COVID is its own challenge. What are some things that, that proved to be a little difficult in implementing it? And also, what are some positive things that uh, you saw come out of that um, educational opportunity for the people who, as you mentioned, may have been doing this work for 15, 20 years, but you know, hopefully still, still uh, you know, gained um, something from that experience? Sure. Uh, let's start with the positive. Um, one of the pieces that I failed to talk about earlier in that grant-funded project 
is this notion that all of those students are working. And so we have a built context for them to work on their inquiries. So everything that we do, all of the, the context, the meetings that we have, all revolve around that student educator's current working environment. So when we settle on the inquiries that they want to explore, we want those to be contextually relevant for them in their current work context. So most of their learning, almost all of their learning, and their investigations into those inquiries is done through the context of their current work. It is awfully hard uh, and challenging for the individuals who are working in the early childhood field to spend eight, nine, 10 hours a day working and then have to get in the car, travel to campus, and access what would traditionally be known as a classroom experience on campus. The feedback that we have received from the students, and we're now in our second year, as I mentioned, is very positive regarding the fact that everything that they want to do and explore is done within their current context. Whether that is a classroom setting, whether that is as an evaluator in the state system um, in Colorado for evaluating early learning environments, whether that is through a parent visitation program, anything that they are doing, we will use as context in order to explore their learning. So that's a really big positive for them. Um, negatives. I don't really like to think about negatives, Miles, but I know that there probably are some. Um, I would say the context of COVID, we, we don't know how to do this work in any other context because we haven't been afforded the opportunity to get through this COVID um, situation and revert to more in-person work. So our coaching is done virtually and Although it seems to work okay, I would much rather be in the classroom with these student educators and not only learning from them, but being able to share um, resources with them in person. So that's been, um, I would say that's been a slight little challenge. It, we certainly have worked around it. We have found ways to work with them and beside them, which is really important within the COVID context. The coaches that we have working on this project are all employed by the three community-based early learning centers that we work with. Oh. So that's been a real plus. They know the context. They know the individuals who are a part of this grant-funded project. Um, but again, it would be nice to meet with those coaches in person sure. and to share experiences in person within the context of the classrooms where these student educators are working. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I'm sure in time that will happen. And, and it's a positive that in the meantime, you have been able to adapt and establish the program uh, during this period of time. 
Um, you know, uh, this, uh, this 15 minutes tends to move quickly. Um, but sure really <laughs> first want to appreciate <laughs> you, uh, taking the time to introduce yourself to, to me and the listeners. Um, and, uh, you know, again, welcome to Taos and, uh, thanks for all you bring to our community. Um, Paso Network is excited to have you here. And uh, are there any additional words you'd like to share uh, for our listeners who may hear this on KNCE here in Taos or on the podcast um, regarding your work or what you hope for the future? Well, what I hope for the future is to be much more connected to the early learning environment here in Taos and Taos County to be able to learn uh, from the individuals who do the work here and to also hopefully share some of the experiences that I have had over the past almost 30 years of working in the field. Uh, I'm real excited to be here. I've heard really great things about what's happening in early learning environments um, within Taos, but across the state of New Mexico as well. So I'm thrilled to be here. I'm looking forward to making connections through PASO and, and thank you very much, Miles, for this opportunity. Yeah. Well, Dr. Barla, appreciate it again. And uh, we'll stay in touch and try to send you an email with a few more local contacts um, in case it's helpful, but have a wonderful day. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks, Miles. You do the same. Paso a Paso. Podcast.